Hello everybody and welcome to Bite-Sized Chunks of Faith. My name is John O'Pierce and in this podcast I want to share how having a Christian faith has brought hope and meaning and purpose to my life. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 62 of the podcast. Over the past couple of weeks I've invited a friend of mine to share about the healing power of the cross. The cross is a central doctrine in Christian teaching and it's a doctrine that if we're honest about it we we all struggle with because sometimes it's hard to see suffering and we're surrounded by so much suffering in the world at the moment. But tonight or today in our podcast I've invited a friend of mine Dr Stephen Rogers a GP and a pastor to talk about the healing power of the cross. And this is the third of four episodes where he's sharing about the healing power of the cross. And in today's episode, Stephen is going to say a little bit about the benefits of the cross. And we hope that you'll find this teaching helpful. If you're just joining us at this episode, you might find it helpful to listen to episodes 60 and 61 just to set them in context. So over to Stephen. You know, what I'm sharing tonight is my devotional is entitled The Healing Power of the Cross, Part 3, subtitled, and I really would like you to hear this subtitle, it's Receiving the Benefits of the Cross. Receiving the Benefits of the Cross. Could you imagine for a moment this scenario where maybe somebody you love a lot been very special to you, has died, and they've left you in their will a very special inheritance. And and it's signed, sealed, and delivered, all official, but you never actually cash it in. Or maybe you're in a situation where the doctor gives you a prescription for a life-saving drug, and you take the prescription, and you put it on the wall, you show it to all your friends, You write a poem about it, you sing a song about it, but you never actually cash the prescription in and take the medicine. What a tragedy that would be. What an irony. And yet, when it comes to the cross and what Jesus has achieved for us, it's a real tragedy that many of us do not fully appreciate what he has achieved through the cross for us and applied it to our lives and received us. One of my pet hates is the misuse of words. One of the words that I really don't like being misused is the word awesome. And someone will refer to a pizza as awesome. Or somebody scores a goal in football and it's wonderful and it's awesome. And the word awesome is relegated to something insignificant. Let's not do that with the word of God. Let's not do that with the message of the cross. It truly is awesome. It's truly wonderful. And the cross is the wisdom of God and the power of God. But let's not fall short of receiving the benefits of the cross. 
So I'd like to share in a few minutes that I have a few thoughts or anecdotes or stories even to help us receive the benefits of what Jesus has achieved for us on the cross. I'm, I'm sharing it as anecdotes and stories because sometimes these things are better felt than tilt. I remember when I was studying biology and we would dissect a frog and we might know all about the frog but we ended up with a dead frog. Unless the message of the cross does not produce life and transformation and health and wholeness and healing, I would like to share a few simple illustrations. The first one is right out of scripture from John 19. It says like this, they delivered Jesus over to be crucified and they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to a place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha or in Latin Calvary. There they crucified him and then it says with two others, one on either side. I'm indebted to this story to a Norwegian friend of mine who was described as being an evangelist from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Before I met him and I heard this statement about him, I thought, how ridiculous to say that. Then I met this gentleman called Shell Haltorp, and all I can say is he's a bringer of good news from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And what I found when I was with Shell, I would ask this question, how long does it take to walk from here back to my car, which is about 100 meters away? The answer is it would take me about one and a half minutes, but it took Shell 30 minutes. The reason is he could not walk past people. His heart was so moved towards people, he had to speak to everyone. And he says like this, Stephen, can you see how easy it is to receive from God and to be saved? Two men, both were criminals, both were thieves, both were blasphemers. And in a moment of time, one of them changed his attitude, realized that Jesus was innocent and the son of God. And he says, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And that moment, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Let, do not underestimate the willingness of God and the power of God and the power of this message to completely and instantaneously change someone's life. And that thief was no different from the other thief, but he was transformed. I certainly do believe in deathbed conversions. Um, there you have one. Another little story also in the Gospels, this is one I really love, it's about a leper in Matthew 8, and he had heard about Jesus' healing ministry, how Jesus was going around doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, and he knew Jesus could heal him of leprosy. And leprosy was one of those diseases you had to socially distance, you had to kind of wear a mask using your hands, and you had to quarantine when it was particularly infectious. And we know all about that. So it's a modern, perhaps it's a, an ancient form of AIDS or HIV or addiction or even COVID-19. Uh, you didn't want to touch this man. But he said like this, Jesus, you can heal me. You can help me. And brothers and sisters, many of us believe God can help. And God can 
heal. And God can do anything. But Jesus spoke three words to this man that completely shocked him and transformed him. It's not a case of can I? Jesus said, I am willing. Be cleansed. I want to encourage you, don't just have can-do faith, but have he will. What he's done for others, he will do for you. There's a young woman in our church, and I love it when she asks for prayer. Because every time she asks for prayer, God seems to do something. There's other people who ask for prayer, and you pray and pray and pray, and nothing seems to happen. But this young woman actually believes that God can and will help her during times of trouble. Look at the lengths he has gone to give us a relationship with him during this week and the cross. How much more will he help us? I love the fact that we, we read from Psalm 70. I love the Psalms. Sometimes I say to people, read a psalm a day, it keeps the doctor away. Because in the psalms, there's real life, there's real honesty, desperate people. Did you notice this guy, David, describes himself, he says, hurry up God and save me. Help me, come quickly to help me. And he says about himself, I am poor and needy. Come quickly to me, you are my help and you are my deliverer. And that's how to receive from God. You cry out, you call, you're like David. David, were you really poor and needy? I, th I think he was, spiritually. In spite of becoming a king and everything else, he knew he needed God. That's a good place to be. And what a God we have. What a cross we have. And the greatest help and the greatest deliverance of all was the cross. And uh, I think David was looking forward to a greater deliverance and a greater help and a greater healing, which we now have. How to receive from God. Let me say this. One of the things we need to realize is the power of the blood that was shed on that cross. Remember the other night I talked about who it was that died on the cross? This is a similar idea. Whose blood was it? And what's so special about his blood? Blood's very common. Um, in the medical profession, we love blood, other people's blood. But the Bible is, talks about blood from Genesis to Revelation. There's something significant about blood. There's something precious about blood. Even the blood of an animal, don't eat it, God said. The life is in the blood. There's something significant and precious about all kinds of blood. And when you look at scripture, there's almost like a hierarchy of the preciousness of blood. Even the blood of an unclean animal, you don't eat it. More precious than the blood of an unclean animal is the blood of a clean animal, such as a lamb. More precious than the blood of a lamb is the blood of a man. More precious than the blood of a man is the blood of an innocent man like Abel. More precious than the blood of an innocent man is the blood of the martyrs spoken of in Revelation. And more precious even than that is the blood of Christ, which if you've ears to hear and eyes to see is the very blood of God himself. And that's the blood that was shed for us. Receive the benefits and the full benefits of the blood. I'm so serious about that. I sometimes... 
um, become a little bit Episcopalian myself. And I make a confession of faith, a proclamation of faith. And I love your proclamations. They're so rooted in Scripture. But don't, don't miss the reality and the power in some of the things that we say. And I would say like this, about the blood of Jesus for myself. But I want to say, suggest to you, receive this. Receive it as I speak. Receive it when we break communion tomorrow night. Receive it on the way home. Receive it when you come for prayer. Through the blood of Jesus, all my sins are paid for. They're atoned. They're forgiven. I'm just as if I'd never sinned. Therefore, I can be free from guilt and condemnation. It's so healthy for your mind. It's so healthy for your soul. It helps you be a forgiver of others. It's healthy for your relationships. When I know I'm forgiven, when you know you're forgiven, and it costs something to forgive you, but the price is already paid, it's like a health comes into your soul. It changes you. Through the blood of Jesus, I'm not only forgiven and justified, I'm cleansed. The contamination is taken away. By the blood of Jesus, 1 John 1, 9. Through the blood of Jesus, we overcome the evil one. They overcame him, Revelation 12, 11, by the blood of the Lamb. Now they say the first sign of madness is speaking to yourself. But actually, one of the first signs that you're, you, you really mean what you say and what you believe is you talk to yourself in the language of Scripture. And you say, not only is this true for everyone else that's ever lived, this is the word of God for me. By his blood, my sins forgiven. Clean conscience. I have patience would give their right arm for a clean conscience. Prozac doesn't do it. <laughs> but the blood of Christ does it. And it cost him. Receive him. Receive it. By his stripes. We sang it or we read it in the canticle. By his stripes, we are healed. That's in Isaiah. And it's quoted in Matthew when Jesus went around, not only spiritual healing, but he was healing sick people and crippled people and paralyzed people. And it said that was a fulfillment, a partial fulfillment of Isaiah, where it says, by his stripes, by his bruises, we are healed. And it's repeated in First Peter. It must be important. The most important healing is, 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 of course, spiritual healing. But I dare to believe that he still touches people, in the, even in, in the area of physical healing. And I have to just share one story, one testimony from my own life. Not to draw attention to myself, but just to say, like, David, I'm poor and needy. If he helped me, he'll probably help other people. About 14 years ago, I'm ashamed to say this because I know people have suffered much worse things than this, but for me, this was big. I had a severe problem with my left knee. I was a keen sportsman. I was playing soccer three times a week, squashed twice a week. It's how I de-stressed. I, I love sport. I'm sorry if you don't like sport. I'm sure you have a hobby or an interest that replenishes you. Uh, but for me, and I went to a physiotherapist and they couldn't help me. I went to one of the top knee specialists in the country. I have to admit, I went privately, not on the NHS, I'm ashamed to say. But I was so desperate. 
to get back to my sport. And after the operation, after the anesthetic, he, he came to my bedside and said the terrible words, this is worse than I thought. This will get worse and worse and worse. It'll wake you at night. You'll need a partial knee replacement. And worst of all, stop playing football. What does a desperate person do who's poor and needy? And uh, he, what does the scripture say? If you're in trouble, pray. So I prayed. I got my wife to pray. And I called for the elders of the church to pray. Anoint me with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus. And gradually, not suddenly, gradually my knee recovered and it improved. And I went back to the surgeon. He checked my knee and he said, you can play football again. Fourteen years later, I'm still playing three times a week. Glory to God. And I share that with you to say that the, that, that, that the reality of healing, the reality of the power of the cross, the reality of the word of God is such that ordinary people like you and me can still be touched by the same Jesus. But it's hard to receive sometimes. It's hard to humble ourselves and receive. It's hard to be honest with God and honest with ourselves and honest with other people. It's hard to sometimes come up and have prayer. And there's all kinds of things that stop us receiving. I just want to encourage you with those stories and illustrations. Receive. I remember many years ago when I was a teenager, our friends, we had a policy that we do not buy ourselves presents. We don't buy each other presents for Christmas. It was a rule. And I had a particular friend who arrived at my house Christmas Eve after all the shops had shut with a present for me. And his motivation was, I just want you to receive something and not feel obliged to give it back. And it was so hard for me to receive and to humble myself. God forbid that we wouldn't receive the benefits of the cross. My final illustration, some of you will have heard this before, and this helps me receive, it helps me encourage people to receive, and it's called the exchange of the cross. And we have our hand is the left hand, and this is Jesus' hand. And in our hand, we have all kinds of rubbish, all kinds of things. We have our sins, our past life, our guilt, our shame, things we've inherited through Adam in our DNA, all kinds of difficulties. And we're under the bondage of so many things. And we come to the cross and we make an exchange. I give him my sins and he gives me forgiveness. I give him my guilty conscience, he cleanses my conscience. I come with all of my failure and he gives me a gift of righteousness. What an exchange. He took my death that I could share in his life. He took my rejection. When did Jesus take rejection? When he cried out on the cross, quoting one of the Psalms, My God, my God, why have you rejected me? He bore my sins, he bore my rejection. And I want to exchange rejection, 
the pain of rejection for acceptance in the cross. He bore my shame. Why? When did Jesus bear shame? He was betrayed in what we read tonight by one of his best friends. He was stripped naked. That's a shameful thing. He bore our shame that we could exchange that for his glory. Who in their right mind wouldn't exchange those things? And who with any responsibility to preach the word of God who would not clearly, with conviction, let as many people know that's what the cross achieves? That's what the cross has done. Receive. Receive. Remember the leper. I am willing. name. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. And if you were kind enough to hit follow or subscribe or even leave a review wherever you get your podcasts, that'd be greatly appreciated. Join me again next week for another bite-sized chunk of faith. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you for listening, and if you were kind enough to hit follow or subscribe, or even leave a review wherever you get your podcasts, that'd be greatly appreciated. Join me again next week for another bite-sized chunk of faith.